You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled That Beast Number Two. Hello again, my radio friends. I'm so glad you could join me today as we further explore what the Bible has to say. In the last program, we were considering the prophecy of Daniel chapter 7 about an unusual power that arose from the Roman Empire. It's commonly known as the Little Horn Power. And Daniel recorded that prophecy in about 530 BC. Approximately 600 years later, another prophet, John, was given a vision directly relating to Daniel's prophecy, but with additional information. It's recorded in Revelation 13. It says, And I saw a beast coming out of the sea. He had ten horns and seven heads, with ten crowns on his horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and his great authority. One of the heads of the beast had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was astonished and followed the beast. Men worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast? Who can make war against him? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and dwelling place and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have been not been written in the book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faith on the part of the saints. So what's all this about? Firstly, a few general comments. As explained before, the beast referred to represents a power. In this case, it is a dominant worldwide power. This power controls not just citizenship, but also controls who and what people worship. 
Anyone who is faithful to God and who does not conform to the authority of this power and worship as required is likely to be killed or persecuted. It's interesting that the issue is about worship, not the environment, not conflict over land and not conflict involving oil, ethnicity, water, trade or territorial rights. The prophecy points out that the worldwide issue is to be worship. Anyone who knows anything about world history will be aware that for over a thousand years there was a dominant world power that did control worship. It was the papacy. Rome was to be obeyed. So let's examine this prophecy in Revelation. The beast, that is the power, is said to have come out of the sea. That means that it emerged from an area which had a considerable population. That rules out Australia or America, as these places were relatively unpopulated. Europe and the Middle East, however, were well populated. Another clue as to the identity of this power is that it had aspects of the Babylonian, Medo-Persian, Greek and Roman kingdoms. These things are, respectively, a mouth like a lion's, feet like a bear's, body like a leopard's, and horns and heads like the Romans. That rules out Russia and China, as these countries do not have a historical background emanating from the Babylonian, Medo-Persian, Greek and Roman empires. There are other powers on the earth other than distinct political powers. Take, for example, communism or capitalism. Could this beast represent communism? It's obvious that this beast is interested in worship. Communism simply denies the existence of God, although it is true that communism has persecuted and martyred many people who practised religion. Communism seeks to control ideology rather than specifically control worship. It is unlikely that the beast power mentioned in Revelation 13 refers to communism or capitalism. You will notice in Revelation 13 verse 2 that the Bible says, The dragon gave the beast his power, his throne and great authority. So the question is, who or what is the dragon? Revelation 12 verse 9 identifies the dragon. The verse says, That great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. Four names all refer to the one identity, dragon, ancient serpent, the devil and Satan. 
The beast power then got its authority and strength from none other than the devil himself, Satan. We must not overlook a very very salient point here. In verse 3 of Revelation 13 it says, One of the heads of the beast seemed to have a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. Put simply, that means that something happened that almost totally diminished the strength of this head. And if the head died, it would mean the death of the beast. At one stage, it looked as if the beast was finished, but it made a comeback. The wound healed. Has this happened with communism? No. Only a few of the once many communist countries still practice communism. But communism continues. Has it something to do with Egypt, a once dominant country? No, Egypt has not experienced a comeback to its former strength. Has it happened with Islam? No, Islam has continued to grow since it first began. There has been no significant interruption to its growth. So if this beast does not represent Australia, America, Russia, China, Egypt, Islam, communism or capitalism, what could it be? There are some very important clues as to the identity of the beast power found in verses 5 to 8 of Revelation 13 where it says, The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words, and blasphemies, and to exercise his authority for 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God, and to slander his name and dwelling place, and those who live in heaven. He was given power to make war against the saints, and to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. We'll consider the following things. A. The beast was given a mouth. B. It uttered proud words. C. It uttered blasphemies. D. It exercised its authority for 42 months. E. It blasphemed God, slandered his name and his dwelling place. F. It blasphemed those who live in heaven. G. It made war against the saints and conquered them. And H. It was given authority over everyone on earth. And finally, I... The inhabitants of the earth will worship this power, all except God's true people. So let's consider the first thing, the mouth. It was given a mouth. It's obvious that this power has a lot to say. It will, 
and has made many proclamations and through its representatives and writers has put out a lot of information. It should be recognised that it is information that has been pretty well received and has appeared to be credible to many. But it also must be realised that Satan, the devil, is behind this power and what the beast says is not true because Satan is a deceiver, a liar, a liar. Jesus in John 8.44 speaking about the devil said, He is a liar and the father of lies. Now the second point was that it uttered proud words. Muhammad Ali uttered proud words. He said, I'm the greatest. The beast power makes great claims for itself. There are many such claims, and I will share one of those with you a little later. Now the third thing. The Bible says it utters blasphemies. What is blasphemy? Well, the word has two meanings. Firstly, it means speaking sacrilegiously about God. Secondly, blasphemy is where one, someone says they are God or in the place of God. As far as I know, there is only one powerful organisation that has worldwide influence that has proudly claimed to be God or in the place of God. It is the papacy. Now the word papacy has its roots in the word papa. In the English vernacular we would say pope. In other words, it's the power which has as its head the pope. Now, if you want to check out some of those proud, blasphemous words, why don't you go online and Google words of the beast? There you can read for yourself some of the bold, proud, blasphemous claims made by the papacy. As well, there you can find the source of those blasphemous claims, and there are dozens of them. Here's one example, taken directly from the site that I've just previously mentioned. That was Words of the Beast. It says, The Pope and God are the same. So he, the Pope, has all power in heaven and earth. Now I won't quote the source of this, but it's there if you, if you want to check up. Now we're going to have a little break and we'll come back straight afterwards. Put your hand in the hand of the man who steal the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man who called the sea. Take a Man from Galilee, oh yeah. My mama told me 
how to pray before I reach the age of seven When I'm down on my knees, that's when I'm closest to heaven Daddy lived his life with two kids and a wife But you do what you must do But he showed me enough of what it takes to get me through your hand, the hand of the man who steals the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man who comes to see. Take a look at yourself, you can look at others differently. Put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee. a bit of a jazzy sort of a, a song but that was from the album Elvis Presley Sings the Gospel just before the break I read a quote to you about one of these blasphemous claims that the papacy makes and it says that Pope and God are the same so he that's the Pope has all power in heaven and on earth so now we come to point D, where the prophecy said that this beast power would exercise his authority for 42 months. We went into this time period in the last program, but by way of revision, the 42 months amounts to 1260 years from 538 AD to 1798 AD. During this time, the papacy was the world religious and political supreme power. Earlier in Revelation 13, it speaks about one of the heads of this beast power being given a fatal wound, but later recovering. In 1798, after its unchallenged reign for 1260 years, the papacy suffered a mortal blow. The Pope, Pius VI, was taken prisoner by the French. 
Napoleon Bonaparte was then in power in France and was sick and tired of the conditions imposed on the people by the papacy. For a time, it seemed as if the papacy was dead and buried. But in 1929, a treaty was signed allowing the Roman Church to operate as a political entity again. The Vatican State was formed and the papacy officially regained some of its former power. If you'd like to find out more, go online and Google 1929 and the papacy. I'll repeat that, 1929 and the papacy. There you can read some of the 1929 news reports about this. But it is no secret that the papacy is seeking world dominance again. Now point E is about this beast slandering God's name and his dwelling place. If you were to proclaim yourself as Prime Minister of Australia, apart from others regarding you as a complete nutcase, you would be making a mockery of the Prime Minister and his position. The same goes with the papacy, where they have announced many times over that their leader, the Pope, is God on earth and that he is infallible. They make mockery of God, of his throne in heaven and all who serve him. Point G outlines the fact that this beast power makes war with the saints and conquers them. It's a well-known historical fact that the papacy used its power, particularly during the Middle Ages, to try to eliminate all who were opposed to its regime of deceit. Many of the Protestant reformers and believers were persecuted, tortured and killed for no other reason than that they worshipped according to what was shown them in the Bible. They worshipped in accordance with their consciences. They were not prepared to be dictated to by a corrupt system, but they were hunted down by the infamous Inquisition and even if suspected of silently praying to God, could or would lose their lives. Back then, it was as bad as in the days of Hitler and the SS, or of in Russia with the KGB. Life was not sacred. Millions and millions of people died because they chose to be true to God. Interestingly, when we come to the last point, as mentioned in verse 8 of Revelation 13, the tense changes from past to future tense. The verse says, All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life, belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the crea creation of the world. All inhabitants of the earth? That sounds pretty hard to believe, 
But the Bible is true. It doesn't lie. So we can expect some pretty important and frightening things to happen in the future. There is an exception, however. The saints, that is, God's true people, will not conform. They will not worship the beast. They will remain true to God. And the prophecy warns that the saints will be imprisoned or killed for retaining their faith. There are plenty of people who keep up with current world events, who realise that the beast power we've been talking about today is getting ready to make a major impact on the modern world as it had in the past. Big things, things that will impact our lives, are afoot. Don't be too surprised. This is happening slowly and inevitably right now. But in all this, there is good news. God is in ultimate control and will step in. The beast power will be overthrown and eliminated. Those who are faithful to God those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life will inherit eternal life and will enjoy eternal happiness and peace despite all their troubles at the hands of this beast power. There is a call or an invitation in Revelation 18 verse 4 which says, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, so that you will not receive any of her plagues. Do you have a heart for God? Do you want to honour, follow and serve him? Make a stand for him. It may not be easy, and it will almost certainly not be easy in the future, but it will be worth it. Make your personal decision today to do what God wants. Make a decision to honour God in your life no matter what. And you know, when all this rubbish that is being and will be imposed on us in the future is over, and when we are in heaven in the presence of our loving Saviour, I expect to be there. And I want you to be there too. That's it for today. Join me again next week, won't you? In the meantime, I wish you the courage to follow your convictions. I wish you God's blessings and joy and peace. <laughs> 